Uh, welcome to AFRINUC podcast. Uh, this is the podcast about nuclear technology in Africa using the African voice. And on today's episode, we have Miss America uh, Grace Tanky from the United States of America. We want to talk about nuclear issues and the nuclear delegation uh, at COP28 in Dubai. So uh, uh, let's listen up and get the scintillating um, views she has. And uh, yeah, you might get a chance to also ask some few questions to her. And it's a rare privilege. So yeah, take it from here. Uh, Neka will be also giving some aspects of the discussion and uh, as a co-host as well. So yeah, Neka, please, can you take it from here? Thank you. Hello, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Afrinu podcast and on this special edition with Miss America. Nice to meet you, Grace. It's a pleasure wonderful, to wonderful. have you on this show. Oh, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here and to be speaking on the Afrinu podcast. Thank you. So may we meet you officially? Yes. So I am Miss America 2023, actually, uh, and also a nuclear engineering student. So I finish up my degree actually within like the next week here. So as soon as I get back to the States, I'm taking my final for my last class. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I'm a nuclear advocate and I do a ton of different outreach and education work to help shift the public perception surrounding nuclear science worldwide. Oh, that's that's nice. That's nice. It's it's good to see someone from a, a a different world advocating for for science. So, how did you become interested in nuclear energy and, by extension, nuclear advocacy? For me personally, I have okay. I always say I have a really bad origin story with how I got involved in nuclear. Oh, wow. um, I was a. It's like it's 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 like just very uh, not what you expect, right? Uh, So I was a 16-year-old teenage girl, and I'm like, all right, what do I want to do with my life, right? Uh, What do I want to be when I grow up? All of those good, important questions, right? And I always knew I liked math and science. I've always Mm. loved the study of patterns and things like that, and knowing that I'm either right or wrong. There's no in-between with math or science. Uh, So I knew I really liked engineering. And I was touring colleges, and I was going through the list of majors, and I saw nuclear engineering. And honestly, I just thought it sounded really, really cool. Like I was like a Mm, man. Imagine what a flex it would be to say I'm a nuclear engineer. (laughs) So so that's what started it. And then I go back home after visiting these colleges and I'm talking with my dad and I'm like, listen, dad, I'm thinking either nuclear or aerospace engineering for Mm. my major. And yeah. Well, it's, it's, it was exciting and I'm very honored to have those opportunities. Uh, but it was really funny because my dad looks at me and he goes, Grace, don't go into nuclear. There's no future there. And oh. now a typical teenage reaction to when her dad tells her not to do something is to go and do it. So that's exactly yeah. what I did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I, I got into this field out of spite. Um, but I always say what kept me in it is what I learned in that first semester of school. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how much nuclear can continue to contribute to our society. So that first semester in school, I learned about how nuclear powers 20% of America, 10% of the globe. 
how it continues to help cure cancer. You know, my dad is a two-time cancer survivor. So that was a really big, a really big thing learning about that and going back home and having those discussions. So it was really, really incredible. And I, I hope your your dad now see a future in nuclear. Yes, he is very much so, very pro nuclear now. So thank you very much. Good. You it's did good. that. <laughs> yeah, so, so one person at a time. Okay. Yeah. So how has the from, journey been so far? It has from been your incredible. from your high school days till today. Yeah, it has been incredible. So as as a high schooler, you know, I didn't know a lot about nuclear, and I didn't really get into it until I got into college. And once I once I was in college at the University of Wisconsin Madison. Uh, it was it totally changed my perspective. And I started competing in the Miss America competition. You know, we had the global pandemic happen during my freshman year. Uh, so I've had a lot of a lot of different life experiences and stuff. So it's been incredible, though, because my main focus has been educating the general public surrounding nuclear energy and nuclear science overall. So I do a lot of work with young children ranging from kindergarten all the way up to university students who are, uh, you know, looking interested in learning and a lot the biggest thing is young people today care about climate change they care about Mm. accessible and reliable energy and nuclear energy is one of the few forms of energy that checks all of those boxes and it's truly truly incredible to have that opportunity to talk about this awesome science and what it can do for the world yeah that's that's interesting to to know so you are at cop 28 you are in dubai you you are part of the nuclear community in dubai so share with us your initial thoughts your emotions when you were going to cop 28 as a nuclear advocate and at the same time a beauty queen yeah Here at COP28, it is so, so exciting. So for those that don't know, this is an international climate change conference, one of the biggest, like I I would argue the biggest one, right? Yeah, it is. is. Yes, yeah. So it is truly incredible. Uh, We have a group of over 50 youth advocates here to talk about nuclear energy and to get it on the table. And this year has been very exciting. 22 countries signed an agreement to triple global nuclear capacity by 2050. So that means by 2050, we will have 30% of our energy grid is nuclear energy. And that is so, so incredible to know that 22 countries are on board. And that just, I only know we'll simply... That's a good start. I know before the the decade runs out, we'll have more countries um, joining into this agreement. So exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. So what have what have been the challenges and and the opportunities discussed uh, for the nuclear community as COP28? Yes, we know the world is is targeted net zero, and there is this agreement to to triple nuclear energy production. But this also comes with its challenges. On of course, there is this positive side of it that is the opportunity. So what what is it like? What was the discussion to cater for the challenges and opportunities that is going to come out of this um, agreement to, to, to triple nuclear energy production across the world? What the biggest challenges are the cost, the initial cost, and then the time it takes to build them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's been really incredible because here in Dubai, we've had the opportunity to go to the Baraka nuclear power plant, which mm, is uh, that one. Yeah, it is. It is about five hours away from Dubai, and Baraka is a perfect example of a nuclear power plant built on time and on budget. Uh, mm. And that is something that shows that it can be done in modern day and age. And now that power plant produces twenty five percent of 
the UAE's energy, which is incredible mm. when you think about it at the end of the day. Is, um, is. So there is there is plenty of successful cases of reactors being built on time and on budget. Mm. There are so many countries that within the next five years that are going to be breaking ground on building new nuclear. And I'm so excited to watch that continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am too. I am because I also see it um, from the African perspective that it is also opening ways for Africa when um, these Western and older countries and more financially stable countries do this and achieve it, it becomes way more easier for us in Africa to replicate. Uh, yesterday, I had the news of um, China commissioning the first generation four uh, reactor, a, a high temperature gas cooled reactor. And it gives me this so much um, positive emotion that uh, Af- China being one of Africa's uh, major business partner, we we are on the right track. Africa is on a very right track and a speedy one to, to achieve its uh, nuclear energy targets. So um, tell us more about the role of nuclear energy in climate change mitigation and why it is very important that uh, we are represented at uh, COP28. I noticed, I don't know if this is right for me to say it so, but I noticed that the nuclear community at COP28 are the most vocal ones. Yeah, I see a whole lot of social media engagement from the nuclear community talking about uh, climate change and all of that. So I don't know if there were other communities at COP28. So we are the nuclear, we're in the nuclear community are promising the world um, a more safe and um, net zero energy generation. I don't know what the other guys are offering, but let's. How do we achieve this more? How do we uh, How do we achieve that, or why are you looking for like why we're looking? Why at is it important? Overall? Why Why yeah. exactly? Why is it important? And what role? Okay. What exact role does nuclear energy play in the whole climate change yes. mitigation? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So the biggest thing with climate change mitigation is we want to prioritize this this change to zero carbon or emissions-free energy, that sort of thing, uh, to reduce the amount of carbon in the atmosphere ultimately. Uh, mm-hmm. But what we struggle with with this as well in this consideration of this energy transition is reliable energy. Uh, you know, it, it's it's something that we are a society that now kind of re- is starting to rely on energy and electricity overall. And because of that, it's got to be available. It's got to be accessible as we continue to build new sources of energy. And nuclear is one of the most reliable forms of energy. It's also emissions free. So it checks both of those boxes sustainably. Uh, So when it comes to that, that baseload source of power, the type of power that needs to always be on and always be available, nuclear Mm -hmm. can fill that role. And then from there, we can continue building more renewables to continue supporting the grid. And then we can continue building, you know, potentially even fossil fuels with carbon capture, with the ability Mm. to remove the carbon that's produced. It's all Mm. about building a healthy, diverse energy portfolio. We can't rely on just one form of energy to produce our grid. But nuclear has to be in the consideration to have that baseload source of power that's reliable and always available. Interesting, interesting. Um, Nuclear nuclear energy... Um, it um, has come so far. Yeah, this is almost six decades or more than six decades from the from the days of the first uh, uh, power reactors connected to grid till today. We've seen a lot of evolution in in the con in the industry. 
when it comes to nuclear energy from new reactors, from uh, more safety futures and all of this evolution. So how does this evolution uh, come uh, affect climate, climate change? How do you think advanced possible technology advancement and every other thing that comes with it, how does it help fight against climate change? The biggest thing is reducing the amount of carbon emissions into the atmosphere, right? Uh, the With nuclear specifically, it's a massive amount of power just to be able to provide to an energy grid. You know, I look at here in the UAE, I mentioned the Baraka nuclear power plant nearby that powers 25% of the country. It's not a very small amount of land. Our population mm-hmm. is going to continue to grow, which means our electricity demands and our agriculture demands are continue, going to That's continue right. to grow. And That's agriculture, right. we need land. We need access to that land to be able to farm it, to feed these people. And then from there, we need to be able to continue to use electricity in a sustainable way. So we need this this electricity to be available in massive amounts, but on small amounts of land. And that's where we'll be able to use nuclear as well in terms of helping with affecting climate change broadly. Okay, that's that's nice. So what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of nuclear energy and its role in uh, combating climate change? I hope that this this agreement that came out of COP28 to triple nuclear capacity by 2050 does come to fruition. You know, that is an ambitious goal. It is an exciting goal, but it it is is very, very possible. It's a very real possibility and exciting. So I would love to see ground being broken on building more new nuclear within the Mm -hmm. next five years in all of the countries Mm -hmm. that agreed in that that agreement. So uh, I am super excited for the future of nuclear energy. I hope it will get to the point where it powers. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Provides high paying jobs, good, good, reliable energy for people um, and and an emissions free form. Thank you. So let's come to to you being Miss America. So earlier you had said when you were 16, you were considering what do you want to do with your life? Did you ever think you would go into beauty pageantry then? Well, Miss America is, you know, I'm not the most beautiful woman in America. We're not really a beauty pageant anymore. Uh, It's a scholarship organization. So I competed to help earn scholarships towards my degree in nuclear engineering. Uh, But it's also still has a great platform, still is all about women leading and making change in their community. Hence why, you know, as Miss America, I'm talking a lot about nuclear energy. And it's been so incredible to have this opportunity. I'm very, very thankful. I've loved my time as Miss America. I wrap it up in about a month, but it's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's interesting. So what's the interception of beauty and science? And, you know, there's this whole lot of stereotype and misconception about beauty queens and and their intellectual ability. And now we are seeing a beauty queen who is uh, a nuclear engineering major and advocating for nuclear um, energy. It's kind of, I don't know, I don't know. It's not something we are used to around the world. (laughs) So what's the interception? What, What made you think that? bringing beauty which of course i am very very happy you chose that path because when i first came across your profile on the internet i was like okay 
does this does this tally does this match yeah <laughs> is it real but, is this a bot exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i was like okay is she just using this as a front but then i found out you are um a nuclear engineering student i'm like no this is different from from what we used to know because i know beauty queens pick up um some form of advocacy i guess it comes with uh part of 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 the of the program i don't know but you picking nuclear advocacy what is the intersection between beauty and science and then you chose nuclear as a beauty yeah well you know honestly there was very little to no interception between the miss america program and mm. nuclear energy overall prior to this year but 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 the important thing is is that it's exposing these two entirely different demographics to entirely different groups of people to each mm-hmm. other you know that's one yeah. thing about nuclears i i always say i think one of our fatal flaws is we love to talk but we only seem to talk to each other within the industry we stay very internal mm. and we don't face outwards a lot that's and true, as miss america true. yeah as miss america it's this really unique opportunity to talk about nuclear on an external facing front yeah, and so many other true. advocates yeah it's it's really incredible and so many other advocates Jeez. are utilizing social media to continue to do the same thing it's this whole team of people that are really changing that perception of making sure yeah. that nuclear is communicating externally and educating people you you really made um, a comment that I, I share the same sentiments with you on. We are in the nuclear industry are so focused on us. Mm-hmm. We don't seem to to spend so much time on others on other industries. We we are so regulated to other energy industries and then talking to them about why they should adopt nuclear. But you came from a whole different angle. So the people in the beauty pageantry, they are I think they are less concerned with the energy of the world. And now you are telling them about the energy of the world and then taking it a step further by saying nuclear energy is the most sustainable we will get more so sustainable energy from from the atoms and big kudos to that honestly i will tell you one thing when i first came across you on the internet honestly i it, it was so exciting it was catchy i couldn't just scroll past i needed to know more about this person who is merging uh, two parallel lines together i was like okay beauty and science please <laughs> um, yeah. uh, thank you very much for for coming to this angle and i'm i'm very sure you are doing a great deal of work so share with us what your role as miss america who is leveraging who is uh, uh, raising awareness about nuclear what is it like how has it been the challenges the opportunities the the stereotype you have to address the the confrontations and misconceptions you have to address how has it been like yeah well it's it's been really incredible i would say overall in all honesty so i've been advocating for about 4 years and now this year since mm. becoming miss america uh we've had about this year of 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 uh, tremendous wins in within the nuclear industry you know there are so many different countries that are looking to build new nuclear gana included and it's it's been awesome because when i approach people people are open to learning about nuclear mm-hmm. uh, especially with the, the young generation gen z is gen z's generational issue mm-hmm. is climate change <laughs> right like that's that's the the doom and gloom problem that gen yeah. z has So yeah, young is. people now more than ever are open to learning about new types of energy sources to help fight climate change to help mitigate climate change 
and to help continue to to treat our planet respectfully and fairly. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. So how how has it been being a female um, advocating for nuclear in uh, a traditionally male dominated industry? How has it been? Well, it's interesting. You know, it's definitely interesting because uh, there have been times where it doesn't feel good. But overall, ultimately, I my favorite part was that I know that I'm inspiring the next generation of young women to go into this field. Uh, I look at the women who have been in this industry for 40 years already. And I always say that mm. the women before me, they removed boulders, right? Yeah. Hopefully, I'm only removing rocks. So my daughters only have to remove pebbles. You know, at the end <laughs> of the day, it's 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 a whole I know I was like, Ooh, po- poetry, sign me up. You know, I'm, I'm totally there. But <laughs> but it's something that is is really incredible because uh, things are changing day by day. And the nuclear yeah. industry is welcoming. It's inviting. It's always looking to develop and grow and build a more inclusive and diverse uh, workforce overall. Yeah. That's that's interesting. So, um, as um, as a beauty queen, and at the same time, uh, a, a nuclear engineering student, can you address one or two um, misconceptions and stereotype that we have, or reservations that a lot of us have towards um, beauty queens when you talk about their intellectual capacities? Yeah, I guess one of the stereotypes that I have a lot is that people people just don't expect Miss America to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't yeah. say I wouldn't you say people expect. Them. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I think there's obviously some stereotypes that go with being Miss America, and people don't yeah. expect it to be a a, a STEM intensive role or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I I honestly have had very good experiences where. Uh, typically, most of the time when I tell people I'm a nuclear engineering student and Miss America, or when I talk about my my role as an advocate within the nuclear sector, uh, people are usually very, you know, it's it's changing their minds. And all yeah, I want is, is for people... It's yeah, changed yeah, minds. Exactly. Well, and I, at the end of the day, all I ask is that people, you know, just don't judge somebody based off their looks. Don't judge somebody That's based right. off their physical appearance. Just get to That's know them, right. have a conversation, because... All of a sudden, these people's perception of me changes within literally 30 seconds of talking to me. Mm. Um, so I, I, one of the things I talk about is Miss America is I, I represent the women who can because I've had that yeah. stereotype kind of created in both ways, both as Miss America, but also, you know, prior to when I be, prior to becoming Miss America, when I would tell people I'm a, I'm a nuclear engineer, I would have people all the time be like, oh, so you just sit in your room and code all day, right? Uh, but that's <laughs> not true at all. Like, it's it's not true at all. You know, it's something that I, you know, I'm a human being with depth, with hobbies, with emotions. I'm, I'm a competitive water skier. I'm a classical violinist. I love to hike, hmm. uh, spend time outdoors. Actually, one of the first things, one of, I have Impressive. to tell you guys, it's one of the first things I'm doing after Miss America. In February, I'm going to Tanzania. I'm going to go oh. climb Mount Kilimanjaro, spend Whoa. some time in the Serengeti. So I am super excited. This is interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like all of these things that, you know, it makes a human being, taking the time yeah. to have conversations to get to know them and have that have that friendship is so so yeah. important. Um, so that's one of the biggest things that I I really have been trying to represent throughout my year as Miss America is is treating people fairly and with respect. Nice. Eric, about you're going to Tanzania sparks my interest. Maybe if you want, we can get some nuclear advocates in Tanzania to come along with. If that makes sense. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> we can make to, it happen on the, the flag over there. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> okay, okay. We can discuss yeah. this further afterwards. So um, for sure. what, what message do you have for, for young women who are interested in pursuing careers in science, in technology, um, and especially those uh, in nuclear-related fields? Yeah, the biggest thing, first of all, is find your passion. Uh, mm-hmm. I find that most of the time within nuclear, you know, nuclear engineering is my major, but we don't need just nuclear engineers. We yes. need lawyers. We need doctors. We need firefighters yes. on site. We need That's security. Correct. We need technicians. We need operators. Like nuclear is a place that genuinely anybody can be there. Anybody can I, work yeah. in this industry. That's, that's very no right. matter. Yeah. No matter your passion, like find that passion, what you can mm-hmm. do for the next 40, 50 years of life and hold on to it. Like love it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, and that's something that then you can help, you know, I always say I help people find their passions and then I, you know, try and convince them to serve the mission of nuclear, right? Mm. Helping fight climate change, helping create reliable energy uh, yeah. and help give people high paying and, and reliable jobs. And that's something that is is really awesome. So my biggest piece of advice, find your passion. And mm-hmm. then the second part, stay curious, you know, never stop learning. There is so much incredible stuff in the world that never stop learning. It's, it's yeah, awesome. Never, never. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. So um, inclusion and, and diversity is, is a thing in, um, in the nuclear industry. The, the industry generally is trying every possible best to, to be open to everyone. So, in the course of your advocacy, how have you addressed this? Yeah, you know, one thing to address is that nuclear right now, our, our percentages are not great, right? Like even just looking mm-hmm. at women to men, 14% of the industry is is women. Uh, oh, that's so that's a very small amount. It's very, yeah. very small. But that the is. thing is, is that it's, it's a growing industry. It's a changing industry. And That's unfortunately, correct. change doesn't happen overnight. And no, I, I think about my experience as a woman. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, there has been challenges, there has been struggles, uh, but wow. ultimately there is improvement. I compare my experience to women who uh, got into this industry 40 years ago, and I have had a much, much better experience. So it's oh, about continuing to continuing to teach people you know, how to treat others with respect, how to make sure that we're treating women, minorities, you know, different backgrounds in it, it, with equality in the workplace as well. I always I always talk about how I personally believe the best teams of people in a workplace are made up of people from different backgrounds, from different socioeconomic statuses, from different, you know, yeah. different ways that they were raised because they have different abilities and different thought processes that lead to creating the best products. That's what makes the best teams, and that's what delivers great nuclear power for people to use. Okay, that, that's interesting. Um, so are there, are there specific women you look up to in the nuclear industry? Well, I I specifically, I, I admire a lot of different women. Um, okay. I admire a lot of different people overall, I would say, actually. And and I really look up to Susan Eisenhower. She's one of my, one of my mentors mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, oh, she wow. is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. Uh, the granddaughter of President Dwight D. Eisenhower from the United States. Mm. So it's been an incredible experience and a ton of awesome women that are absolute rock stars in the nuclear sector overall. Okay, okay, okay. That, don't that's miss nice. becoming an icon too for people. Yeah, so we could look up to you and the, the younger <laughs> oh, generation thanks. could look up. We're yeah, actually I'm... looking up to you already. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I sit there and it's, it's, it's interesting because I'll have... 
I'll have girls like message me on social media and they'll be like, you know, I never really considered a career in nuclear and now I am because of you. And I always sit there and it's so strange because like I'm 21 years old, like I'm just out here living life. Like I'm just like the rest of us, right? Where I'm just having fun and trying to do good in the world. And Mm. it's really crazy to know that you can make that impact on people. And I I personally don't believe, you know, you don't have to be Miss America to make that impact on people. You don't have to be a nuclear engineer to have that impact on people. Being a role model just comes from being a good person. Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. That's correct. So let's, let's talk about you are, you are youth in uh, an industry that is uh, though, though, though not, not old, but old enough. So how is it be? How has it been being a youth in the nuclear industry? What what is the hope? What is the future of youth and um, youth leadership in shaping the the future of nuclear energy across the world? Yeah, the biggest thing we need more youth getting involved, right? We, we need, need more that. youth need being that. yes, working in this industry, helping you know to kind of fight this fight towards supporting nuclear because. Right now, we are in this circumstance where the building blocks of having this huge nuclear expansion is in place. You know, here at COP28, we've seen that that uh, that agreement be signed. Uh, we're seeing different reactors across the world be opened up. Uh, and that's something that is huge, but we've got to have the workforce to support it. And it's up to us as young people to supply that workforce, to be that workforce, and to help make sure that these power plants have have the right staff and good staff to operate them. Okay. That's that's nice. That's nice. So what as a nuclear engineering student, share share with us your thoughts uh, on the role of technology and innovation in advancing the, the nuclear industry, considering that this industry is one that is um, a lot of automation and innovation will do us more good. There is this, there's AI and um, machine learning and it's like the wave now. And there was uh, this whole discussion on crypto coming into the nuclear industry and the crypto technology. We, we are having nuclear batteries and all of this. So as a nuclear engineer, what are your thoughts on the role of technology and innovation in, in advancing a uh, nuclear industry, considering how far we have come? Yeah, I mean, technology and innovation pretty much is is the nuclear industry, right? Um, mm-hmm, looking at mm-hmm. these gen- generation four reactors that are opening up across the world, uh, and looking at this next generation of small modular reactors and micro reactors that I'm getting that are in this construction and licensing process as well. Uh, it's been exciting because there are so many ways to get involved. If you love the engineering side and the design side and the physics side of nuclear science, great. We need that help on the technology and innovation part mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's it's incredible because we have reactors that are you know using totally different materials that are gas cooled, like lead cooled, mm-hmm. sodium cooled, all of these crazy materials yeah. that you would have never thought would be possible. But it's through technology and innovation that we're continuing to improve reactor designs because that's what we want to do. Is we want to continue making it better. We want to continue optimizing nuclear and continue to deliver it to be the best that it can be. Okay, so this is Afrinuk podcast, and uh, its major focus is on the African continent. So what what do you have for us here on, on the side of the world who are in the nuclear industry? 
Well, it has been so exciting to meet so many people from Africa here at COP28. I just want to mention that. And a lot of them are nuclear advocates. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mentioned that country, countries like Ghana are looking at building new nuclear within the next five years, which is so mm-hmm. exciting. That's reliable energy, that's sustainable energy, and that's high-paying jobs for people to to work at that power plant as well. Uh, so we are, you know, I, I'm not a government official, but I know that the United States is working with Africa closely on developing new nuclear in, in countries across all of Africa. So it's been so exciting because I know the people of Africa are looking to explore nuclear and are excited about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we are excited about it. We, we just, we've seen how good it is. We've seen um, the case studies and, and major successes, and we want to be part of it. We want to share in the success of this very interesting and intriguing industry. Oh, that's so, so exciting. That's so exciting. So can I can I ask about that though? Because yes. I like I I obviously I, I haven't been to Africa yet and it's something oh. that it's been on my list. I want to, like I said, with February and going You're to welcome. Tanzania, You're welcome. How how yeah. So how long how what is the setting like in Africa in terms of, of supporting nuclear? Has it been like this for a while where people have been wanting nuclear for a while? Uh, I guess what does that timeline look like? Uh, a lot of countries in Africa are adopting nuclear at a very speedy rate. Uh, talking about countries like Egypt, Morocco, uh, South Africa is operating two um, nuclear power reactors and it contributes almost 10%, yeah, almost 10% of its um, energy supply. Ghana is on a very fast one. Ghana and Kenya, I am very sure, are on a very fast one. But from the North America, we have um, Morocco and Egypt. From West Africa, it's Ghana and Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria, yeah, we are trying our best. I, I, I think that's the best way to put it. We are trying our best. <laughs> but Ghana seems to be ahead. But yeah, we, we, we are coming. We are just right behind. Uh, we are optimistic. Uh, the government here in Nigeria, I can say for certain, are making uh, every effort to, to join in the league. Uh, we had representatives and delegates at COP28. I am not sure if they joined the pledge, but yeah, I'm sure Nigeria uh, is on the way to join. But when it comes to advocacy, mm, a lot of work still needs to be done. Yeah, I was at a, a conference last week where I had to talk to these professors. Uh, actually, to interest you, they were all professors of physics. Yeah, so they were mostly majored in geophysics and solid state physics. So I had to talk to them about nuclear energy and Man, the opposition was just too much. <laughs> so um, it goes beyond them not understanding how the nuclear industry works. It has to do with um, there is this Nigerian thing that we have, and they they haven't gotten over it. I want to say trust issues or something like that. Uh, so I'm sure when they're able to get over their trust issues, which they have against the, the government, not particularly the nuclear industry. This is a trust issue they have against the government. So when they're able to conquer that, I'm very sure they, they, they will embrace um, nuclear energy and nuclear technology by extension. The problem, it's not really nuclear. The problem is people not having faith in the government and the government's ability to, to handle such sensitive and delicate um, industry. So, uh, maybe if I may add to that, uh, yeah. uh, I was in Ghana uh, last week. Yeah, I'm crossing into this week as well, some parts of uh, this week. So, uh, the 
the system of government in Ghana right now is quite stable and um, that tells you why they are way advanced in their process of getting the nuclear power plant. I was in a Bitcoin conference and we are just only two advocates, nuclear advocates there. One guy from Canada, uh, Ryan McLeod and I. So we were like one of the greatest highlights of that program because they've not had anything like nuclear. And when we started talking to them, like when he was in a panel talking about the inputs and what nuclear can do, uh, we got the news like... I think a day after, a day before his panel, we got the news about the 22 countries and Ghana being one of them signing up to tripling the nuclear capacity. And being what it is, Ghana has been a stable country for quite a while now, politically stable, economically advancing as well. And it was quite a, quite a very easy uh, buy-in for them to like get nuclear. And coming to Africa, maybe, Africa is kind of um, very... Uh, hungry for progress, if I may say, and we are receptive of um, anything that will make us advance from where we were. And we also have uh, nuclear reactor, research reactors operating in different parts of Africa. Like in Nigeria, we've been operating nuclear reactor uh, for research for more than a decade, and also in Ghana, and also in other parts of Africa. So the knowledge about nuclear technically is is there in Africa, technical knowledge, yes, but getting it to be a nuclear power plant is a little bit um, not meeting up to par with the progress in the rest, with the rest part of the world. And uh, there are different things that uh, contribute to that. So, but doesn't discount, doesn't, um, discount the fact that um, we are making progress, we are getting there. Egypt is, as she said, getting it online and um, South Africa, they are already leading and the whole of Africa and also hoping to add to that um, fleet. And um, yeah, uh, Kenya is making good progress. Tanzania is also like edging towards it, Uganda as well. So you can see that there is a lot of um, kind of awareness. There is also a lot of um, um, hopes for different parts of Africa to get into the nuclear power plant um, um, kind of um, operating business. And we can't wait really like, a lot of technical guys who have been trained in Africa, yeah. in different parts of the world, in US, in Canada, in, just name it. Some of them are already working in those companies, in uh, startup companies in US. And some of them are, <clears throat> are kind of contributing to the brain drain in Africa, you know, like you get trained and you don't have what to work with. You just have to maybe either become Miss America or become Mr. America and stuff like that. <laughs> you have to look for something yeah. else or where to apply your knowledge. You get what yeah. I'm saying. So there is, um, the knowledge is there, but we need to like talk to the policymakers to like move faster than just talking. You get, yeah. get policies in place so that, we can get this nuclear power plants to work. Or that's I didn't I don't know if I'm like making justice to the question yeah. you asked. Hello, Grace, are you there? That's, yeah. No, yeah, that's valid. That's completely valid. I, I that answers the question. Um, it's just so fascinating to learn because I, like I said, I'm like it's something that I. It's incredible to know that the people are hungry. The knowledge is there. Like it's yeah. wanted. And what I've said for so long is what we need at this point in time is like overwhelming public support for nuclear. And I feel like the place that that's going to exist is is definitely going to start within Africa. And I think that's incredible. Okay, so I think this is the time to get questions from the audience. And I don't know, among those who are with us, this is the first of its kind live audience participation podcast in this um, 
uh, endeavor. So I don't know if anybody in the audience has something to say, maybe a question or a comment to uh, Miss America. This is a rare privilege. Please shoot your shoots. Anyone? Kindly unmute and um, yeah, ask your question. Okay. Okay. It seems nobody has a question, which means we are all kind of um, very, very um, uh, engrossed and very interested in the conversation of yeah. everything <laughs> being well answered. So to conclude, I don't know if you want to have any last words and maybe in the future, like if you want to say anything, uh, kind of to cap what we have Someone speaking. Hello, Dr. Flavius, you want to say something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my prof. I just want to express my appreciation, though I joined in very late. Such a rare privilege to have you live with uh, Miss America and uh, your moderator. The future is nuclear. The future is nuclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so I'm much. I'm enthusiastic about it. It's a pleasure having you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I love it. Yeah. Okay, we get we get that you are trying to express how kind of um, excited you are to join the conference or the jo to join the podcast this time. So, yeah, your voice is not clear, but we get that you are trying to comment on your um yeah participation. So, yeah, you're welcome. Always like, yeah. Uh, I think we just have to conclude now. Or if any other person has. Uh, comment or question, please uh, unmute and um, in. Sorry, my prof. Can I say a word or two? Yeah, you said already, but yeah, you can say again if you want. Sorry, <laughs> I, just want, I, I just want to add another one. I hope you will still organize more of these sessions again for our young people who are getting more and more interested in the nuclear field. Sure, sure. We will do that. Yes. We are eagerly looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, my prof. All right. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. I give it to um, Geraldine, please, to uh, continue and conclude. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Grace, for, for honoring our invitation. It was a great pleasure uh, having you on this live podcast. Uh, I am sure every of our listeners today and those who will listen to the recording afterwards will, will be very, very um, appreciative of your time and uh, the knowledge you have shared with us. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you for representing the nuclear community in COP28. Thank you for being a beauty queen in the nuclear industry, addressing biases and stereotypes. Thank you so much for what you do in advocacy. Thank you so much for for being a, a woman we can look up to in the nuclear industry. We hope it keeps getting better and better and better. So enjoy your time at Dubai. Thank you for being part of this podcast section. Well, thank you so much. It has been such an honor to be here. You're welcome. All right. So thank you everyone who made it to this podcast. We are happy. We appreciate your presence and your time, despite being um, an early morning podcast section. Thank you for making our time to join us. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Yeah.